Welcome to the Hazel Rockets podcast, the number one golf podcast for new product launches, interviews with industry experts, golf trends, and more. Welcome to Hazel Rockets, everybody. I'm Ken Morton Jr., and you're listening to podcast episode number 37. This one is right back into what is normally our wheelhouse here at Hazel Rockets, and that is talking specifically about new golf products. And this one is going to be all about Callaway golf balls. Our uh, interview guest is going to be Jason Finley. He is the global director and brand product manager of Callaway golf balls and box sets. He has been with uh, Callaway Golf for a good two and a half decades and has a really unique perspective on uh, what makes the Callaway golf ball so unique and special. Um, For me, it's a really neat way to kind of look forward and back all at the same time. Um, The factory that Callaway owns to make their Chrome Soft golf balls, which is the one we're going to talk mainly about, um, is located in a little community named Chicopee, Massachusetts. And it's really a town that was built around golf ball manufacturing. And that's really unique to say, but it's true. Um, it's about innovation and kind of a manufacturing story all rolled up into one. And it literally has been making golf balls since 1896. I mean, think about that. It's 125 years of making golf balls in this building. And as Jason's going to tell you, there is not a more modern golf ball manufacturing plant on, in the world at the moment, they have invested tens of millions of dollars into uh, making it as modern and new as they can. But it's synonymous with going back to the late 1800s when all of this got started. I mean, history is ingrained in the walls of this place where where their first skilled craftsmen actually would come in and work under um, way back when. Um, Callaway is the fastest growing golf ball manufacturer since 2013 under their CEO, Chip Brewer. Um, again, he's invested $50 million to modernize this Chicopee facility with state-of-the-art machinery and, and advanced engineers and, and the technical process that goes through an x-ray of every single golf ball that comes out of that plant ensures that they're all exactly the same and built to 100% specs. Um, It's literally the most modern ball facility in all of the world. Um, You know, Callaway hasn't always made golf balls. They, you know, they started way back in the early 90s uh, as the Hickory Golf Shaft Company when Ely Callaway put his name on it. Um, And it wasn't until uh, 1991 when they broke through with the big Bertha driver and, and really became uh, a major club company. And then 2000, when they introduced their first golf ball and the first ball was made in Southern California in a brand new plant. Uh, that golf ball was called the rule 35. And that name, if you, if you remember, you know, if you were around back then came from the 34 categories of golf rules, Um, to which Callaway proposed adding one more, which was enjoy the game. And so that was rule 35. And it came in a soft version, and it came in a firm version. Um, And uh, it was a urethane golf ball. And and it did well, but 
you know, it wasn't really until they introduced the first Hex series golf ball and their hexagon-shaped dimples, which really, uh, which was borrowed from a Boeing wing design that really transformed the golf ball uh, into something that had some major demand out into the marketplace. And then uh, later on, they would build in what was the Spalding and Top Flight plant there in Chicopee um, and take over that plant. And now all of their urethane golf balls, which include all of their Chrome Soft and all of their ERC balls, are all made here in the United States in a ball plant that has such this rich, incredible history. And it's like getting a little piece of golf's uh, history with every box that you get, um, but made in the most modern of ways, which I can't think of a more fun combination than that. So with that, we're going to listen to uh, an interview here coming up uh, again with Jason Finley with Callaway Golf. Uh, he's got a, a nice, rich, uh, long-term history with Callaway that he'll give us a little inkling on kind of how he got into his role is, and then talk through some differences in their golf balls and then what lies ahead for Callaway Golf Balls going forward down the road. So without further ado, please welcome our interview with Jason Finley. All right, well, I'm here with Jason Finley. Jason is the Global Director, a Brand and Product Manager for Callaway Golf Balls. And first of all, Jason, thank you for joining us on Hazel Rockets today. No problem. Thanks for having me. Definitely. Um, I know, uh, as with many people within the Callaway brand family, you have a very long history there at Callaway. Uh, maybe we start by just kind of talking about your own adventure there at Callaway. <laughs> yeah, uh, I do have a little bit of tenure here. I'm coming up on my 25-year uh, anniversary, so I started in, in 97, so kind of in you know what I'll call the first heyday of, of Callaway, right in the middle of that. Um, and went through some, you know, rough times along the way. But I think it's uh, it's been fun to be a part of kind of the turnaround. And then certainly the last seven years or so on the golf ball business have been uh, really uh, rewarding, I would say, to see the, the momentum that we've developed in the golf ball category. You have a unique perspective because you've been there long enough. And, and I've been buying long enough to also to see it, <laughs> to see... Callaway first get in the golf ball business with Rule 35, and then, you know, obviously a very different evolution of what the ball market looks like. Tell tell me kind of, you know, some differences there early on and, and today. Yeah, I think the, you know, the same principles hold true for us uh, today as, as they did then, but, but very different circumstances to your point. So, you know, going all the way back to the days with Mr. Callaway that I was lucky enough to, to be a part of, right? He still had the same premise that he hold us, held us accountable for, which was DSPD or demonstrably, demonstrably superior and please make different products. And I think that that held true. And, you know, you can certainly criticize and, and go back in time and talk about how we did it back then, you know, starting to trying to start our own ball plant here in Carlsbad, a lot of requirements around that, very difficult to do. Um, and, and really for, for us, you know, believing that we have a world-class product isn't any different today than it was then. But I think to your point of having, you know, tour play that, that we have today and certainly a little bit more belief in our product, which, which comes with time, um, certainly has, has been a big part of it. But 
it's all rooted in, in product performance. And I think that you still see that come to life today with, you know, particularly the addition of precision technology in the 2022 line, which is really ensuring that we're making the highest performing, highest quality products uh, in, in the industry. Um, and being able to, to see that come to life and see the, the transition we've made over the last seven years on this kind of journey to improvement that we've made uh, at our plant in Chicopee, Massachusetts, where every Chrome Soft is made, has, has been really fun to be a part of. I've kind of, I was thinking kind of back over the journey with balls and kind of, I came up with kind of like four key markers that kind of changed who and what Callaway is as a ball company. And certainly the original ball plant and kicking it off was one. And then um, I thought that the uh, purchase of the Chicopee plant, where again, for those that don't know where, you know, has a very long and rich history, you know, with going back to Spalding and top flight days, um, and, and, and that whole community is a very golf ball, uh, manufacturing driven community there. I thought the hexagon shaped dimples, I think really transformed who and what Callaway was, but then I think in the last year, how you guys have gone about building the balls is equally as important. And maybe we could use that kind of as a jumping off point and kind of doing a little bit of deep dive on on why, kind of what you guys are doing and why it's so different and, and hasn't been done before? Yeah, I think the, the other thing that, that I would say in that mix would be kind of the, you know, whether you want to call it super soft, which kind of started it, but then chrome soft, um, I would add those to the mix too. But, but to your, directly to your question, I think, you know, we, we really, you know, when we, thought we looked at the ball category probably six seven years ago right after chip Rue, our ceo got here and he really believed in it as an opportunity and because we had that plant in chicopee right that there was a period of time where we had to make the decision of is that something we wanted to keep doing and something we wanted to keep alive and um fortunately we were able to to do that and you know, really what we've done over the last seven years is, is really revamp everything that we do in that plant. And the way I, I like to, to show the plant when we have people there is it's almost like, you know, mini factories within one because each step of the process really is a, is a unique thing that we're doing. And, you know, I started going to that plant seven years ago when I started working on the golf ball category. And there's only one part of that operation that has not completely been revamped from in every step of the process. And that is packaging, uh, which frankly, there's not a lot that goes into putting a ball in a box. Um, so every other step along the way has been completely redone and we've committed to new machinery, new process, new techniques, new ways to, to add quality along the way. You know, for the example of the rubber mixing operation, we had to add a second and third floor to the building there in Chicopee to get the new rubber mixer that we have. And, you know, the other thing that, that I like to joke about is, you know, that's a long period of time that this has been happening. And, you know, we always get the question of why, why didn't, why did it take so long? Well, you know, unfortunately it's not like can, uh, your typical consumer good where I can place an order on your website today and, and probably being fairly close, have that product the next day um, you know, you're not doing that to a, a rubber mixture that, that's, you know, taking up all this space and, and effort. So um, it, it takes time and it's 
pretty strong commitment of time and money uh, to do that. But we've, we've taken the, the time to do that. But, you know, the other thing that, that I will say is, you know, people may find things or question things along the way. But the other thing is, it'd be like, you know, the example that, that Dr. Alan Hocknell, who runs R&D for us, has used is, it's like kind of trying to change a flat tire while you're driving down the road. You know, it's you've, you've got to take time and, and do this to do it right. So uh, it has taken time, but but that's been a commitment that we've made from a monitor, monetary and you know time commitment standpoint. But the output of that, with the the performance and the quality that we're we're, we're driving, is is what really matters. And you know, the other key element for us is is really the, the inclusion of the 3D x-ray process. So, you know, you've heard others in the industry talking about using x-ray, um, but really taking that to the next level on every single ball that we produce at that facility in Chicopee, which, as a reminder, is every single Chrome Soft model and the ERC soft golf balls goes through this process to where we're checking every single golf ball, but every single layer of every single golf ball as well. So the tightest of tolerances. So, right, you know, the example I use is tolerances that are thinner than a human hair. Um, so if a golf ball is, is off by that much, it's, it's out, and we don't continue to build it, and we don't put it into a box uh, so that a consumer doesn't get it, because ultimately we want the consumer to have the best experience possible with the Cowley golf balls. Yeah, I, I can say with firsthand experience now that, you know, <laughs> that the consistency from – ball to ball is going to be unlike anything that Callaway has ever done because you guys are literally testing every single piece that's coming out of that factory. Yeah. It with all of that new technology, I'm interested to know just from my own personal knowledge how much of it was proprietary and meaning that you guys were inventing machines as you were going along and how much were you able to borrow from other industries? Uh, I would say it's a little bit of both, um, kind of depending on the, the process and what we're trying to accomplish. Um, it's a little bit of both, right? So there's other uh, there's other places that people are, or other industries where people are mixing rubbers, right? Um, but finding the best way to do that is what we were looking for, and doing it um, better than anybody else does it is also something that we're looking for. Uh, all the way down to, again, other people are doing x-ray, but they're doing it in what I would call one dimension and low def, and they're not looking at every single layer. They're not able to see every single layer of the ball. We are. Um, so, And then when you think about the, the decoration of the golf balls, so the TrueVis designs, the triple track designs, those are all machines that we've worked with a partner to design exclusively for us um, that we're able to do as a result of that. And, you know, that started off as a, as a project that we had one machine able to do Truvis when we first did it. And now we have 19 machines uh, at the plant in Chicopee that are doing that with more on the way. Wow. Um, because Truvis and Triple Track have become such a big part of, of what we do. So um, when you start to think about that, it, it is truly a mix, but I think doing it to the, to the standards uh, that we have is, is also really important because it's not just about how you're doing it, but it's how do you incorporate, you know, statistical controls into it and the quality steps into the process that are that are so important as well. You, you mentioned the TrueVis, and again, for those that you are listening out there, the 
Um, it, you've probably seen them out there, and it looks a little bit like a soccer ball, and it, and it comes in, mm-hmm. you know, it came out originally with red on a white ball, but uh, it's now uh, been black on a yellow ball, and and they're, the, the amount of different custom options that they do with corporate logos and teams and all kinds of stuff, I mean, it's, it's an adornment that is um, really neat, but it has a scientific function also, and I was hoping maybe you could dive into that a bit. Yeah, I think, you know, with Truva specifically, it, you know, we, we definitely hear there is, um, it is rooted in the, in the science of being able to see it better, right? But we hear from people of all levels, you know, multiple things. One is uh, it makes the ball look bigger, which gives some people more confidence. It's easier to follow because you can focus on a smaller area of the ball with the pattern uh, better. And then you, you also get the crowd that, that like to see the spin feedback that you get particularly around the greens uh with how the ball is so so all of that are what i would call benefits to the golfer that um again to different golfers they're going to certainly benefit from it um and then the last piece of it and, and this is really you know all consumer products these days but kind of the individualization of of products has become such a bigger deal and people are expressing themselves through the products that they're using and and Truvis is just another example of that um, that, that we're able to provide. So, you know, you look at the, the, the red box or the chrome soft golf ball comes in five different variations between standard white ball, white and yellow and triple track and white and yellow and true as well. So a lot of options for, for golfers as well. You also alluded to it earlier about um, the softness, the super soft or, or the, the, you know, compression, the, the, the um, softness of the golf ball kind of being part of Callaway's heritage um, walk us through how that makes the Chrome Soft different than maybe some of the other tour urethane type golf balls out there. Yeah, I think you know if you if you kind of look at our line with with Chrome Soft specifically, you have three variants, right? So the the red box or the Chrome Soft really differentiated from from anything else on the market. It is you know what we would classify in that in that tour or super premium class. Um, and it has a lot of the same uh, ingredients that go into to tour level balls, soft urethane cover, you know, multi-layer, uh, you know, build to it. But it is, you know, pretty significantly softer than, than anything else out there. And for a lot of players, per, per, you know, particularly those that are, I would say, you know, th- those that are going to benefit the most from it are on the mid to, to slower side. And, and also those, you know, from the, the mid-handicap level, I think, are going to get a lot of the benefits of spinning control around the green from that soft urethane cover. But they're also going to get some of the benefits that uh, a softer, lower compression golf ball can provide in that it's, it's lower spinning on the full shots, which for most golfers is going to lead to more distance and straighter shots because of a greater overall um, decrease in spin. I know um, that with the uh, deep freeze that hit Texas early last year, that impacted a Dow chemical plant that built a lot of the rubbers that a lot of the ball manufacturers use worldwide, uh, both in Surlin and to a lesser degree with some uh, urethane and other rubbers. Um, I know all of the vendors have kind of been chasing uh, materials, and and has that been... Uh, a story for Callaway uh, recently, or um, have you guys been able to kind of weather the storm there? 
uh, weathering the storm is, is a good term for it. I think that's that's about right. Um, we haven't been without challenges in, in that space. Um, knocking pretty firmly on wood, it hasn't totally derailed us yet, but uh, there have been times where we've been tighter than we wanted to be. But I would say we've, we've the team, the operations team in particular, has done a really good job of, of staying on top of that um, and doing as much as we can to, to really be able to, to keep the, the plant going and, and haven't significantly impacted us. Um, but in, in general, we, we are not, you know, we're not out of the woods in terms of that situation in particular. And certainly the demand that we're seeing uh, across all of golf, but, but really, you know, as you look directly to, to golf ball, which is, you know, one of the consumable items, if you will, that are pretty directly tied to participation. Uh, with the increase in participation, people need more golf balls. So, um, you know, overall in the, around the world, there's a lack of what I would call capacity to, to make golf balls. So uh, we've been pretty lucky to, to be ahead of that uh, curve and certainly owning, you know, part of our plant for a lot of the balls that we make has, has been very beneficial for us as well because we are able to control that a little bit better. Yeah, I've seen that the uh, the biggest manufacturers also have the biggest favors to pull in from the materials companies too. So uh, the little guys, I think, have been hurt the most, and the big guys uh, they've they're, they've been calling in all the cards to uh, to make sure that they keep going, uh, which is good for Callaway because you guys are one of the big dogs. Um, I didn't want to. I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about a, a special project that got kicked off. Uh, with Callaway about a year and a half ago called Riva. Um, and I know it, it applies within the ball category too, but uh, if, you, if you'd be so kind, maybe kind of give us a scope uh, about your guys' women's specific project that happened in Callaway and, how, and, and then an extension, how that uh, evolved into a women's specific golf ball. Yeah, I think, you know, we've you know, we do a lot of research, obviously, around the, the golf consumer in general. And uh, for a long time, you know, we've been, I think, consider, not I think, I know we've been considered as, you know, the leader in, in women's golf. But I, I think for us at Callaway, that, that's not enough, right? We really took a, a deep dive and, and had a group uh, within the, the walls of the company called our Women's Task Force that really took a, a deep dive and looked at the, the category as a whole and, you know, how we could do better and how we could better provide products that uh, female players are, are looking for because there is a um, pretty wide array of, of products out there. But I think, you know, we and, and frankly, most others were not doing it as much of a service as, as we should have been. And really being the, the leader in the space, we thought it was important that we were at the forefront of that. So uh, the, the Revel line includes... Uh, you know, we had a, a version of the, the Big Bertha driver last year with a with a Reva platform. Um, again, different color scheme, different spec package, all of that, and it was very kind of meticulously researched as well, down to um, color studies that we did on colors that the female players preferred, and you saw that come to life um, in not only the the Big Bertha Reva line of clubs, but the the Reva. Uh, complete set that we offer for women as well, where the, the blue color that that product came with, um, going back to the research, it was blue number five, to give you an example of 
we weren't just looking at blue, red in, in a general sense, but multiple shades uh, of different colors as well. And that really helped drive the, the products that we were offering directly as a result of feedback from female players. And we combined that with a lot of the work we had done on what, what, what the pain points were for golfers as well. So um, really making sure that we, we have a, a broad assortment as we do for, I think, golfers in general, but making sure that we had that space covered well for women as well, knowing that there are women that, that like products that are designed exclusively for women, but there's also women that don't even play women's products, right? They'll maybe play a light flex or a regular flex and, and having the product there uh, across the board. And golf ball was a natural extension to that. So um, the, the Reva golf ball has been a, a nice addition to our line, I think, but also fits in for that type of player that, that wants a full package that's all, you know, very much what I would call matchy-matchy and, um, you know, plays uh, alongside with everything else in their bag. I, th- I thought your guys' task force that you created inside Callaway was so, um, you know, novel at the time, but just genius in some ways. And, I mean, people from marketing and and admin and manufacturing and, and um, just women from all over the company coming in and having an equal voice in the project. It seems so simple, but I, I can't ever think of another company doing anything like that. Yeah, it was really uh, fun to be a part of because I think, you know, to your point, it was it was people from all across the organization. And, and it really started out of no, they weren't asked to do it. It, it started as three uh, members of our team that really dove in and said, we can do better and actually did a, a presentation um, as part of something we did in, in the normal course of their job. Um, and it turned into something much bigger than that, which I think it's really cool to, to see happen, and but it's really empowering to those folks as well because, you know, ultimately they're, they're going to have a much better voice than, say, I would uh, on what type of products they want, um, where, you know, typically, you know, I'm a golfer and many of the people in my type of role are, but, you know, th- to have a voice of someone that, that's much more aligned with the, the target audience for that product, I think is it gets us to a better place at the end of the day. Yeah, well, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Um, well, I have one last question, and without getting you in a whole slew of trouble with CEO Chip Brewer, um, what is next for uh, Callaway Golf Balls down the road? Yeah, I think, um, you know, if you if you pay close enough attention, um, our uh, cadence is, is pretty consistent uh, in the golf ball category. Um so uh, I will say that I, I expect more of that, um, but I do think that you know we're looking at a lot of really cool ideas um, around materials and performance uh, benefits for golfers, which are only going to help. Right? We have a pretty consistent set of rules that we have to operate with under, with you know under. Um, but the more we can innovate in materials and construction techniques. And, and even, frankly, you know, the way we're making the ball, and that allows us, the, the, the tighter our tolerances can get, the closer and closer to all the kind of quote-unquote rules we have to adhere to allow us to get so that we get that higher performance uh, more often is, is really, you know, the, the game that we're playing. And I think it, it leads to some pretty good performance increases that we're, we're really proud of. And I think Chrome Soft this year is a good example of that 
and, and I expect to see more of that across the range of the line as well. Yeah, in our last podcast episode, we talked to Sean Toulon with Odyssey, and, and we mentioned that Callaway Golf spends more in R&D than any other vendor out there. And, I, and again, that goes back to Chip. I mean, he is the mad scientist of trying to make the perfect product out there, and he is a product-first you know, CEO and I think it's it's such a testament to the company that it it you know trickles down to uh, everyone in the company like you guys about um, never ever ever resting on your laurels and always trying to find uh, the the next uh, best thing to make people play better golf. Uh, you guys are to be congratulated for that. Thank you. I appreciate that, and I think you know Chip Chip does a, a wonderful job of that. You know, being someone that is held pretty accountable to this and and has to explain everything along the way right we're, we're not going to come with a, a product unless it's better there's just there's no way that we would do that and i think it goes all the way back to what we talked about early early on in this discussion of of this idea from mr callaway of dspd and it, and it lives on it's on the wall uh, right outside my office uh here as well we, we live it and breathe it in everything that we do every day and and no better example of that than, than the products we deliver. Well, Jason, I appreciate your time. For those people, again, out there listening, if they want to learn more about golf balls, um, they can certainly come to our flagship shop, Hagen Oaks Golf Super Shop, where we can actually uh, walk through all of the cool new golf balls uh, that have just started shipping for 2022. We have them on the coolest ball display ever made. It's a 1929 Model A uh, that we uh, converted into a Callaway ball display years ago. Um, and then uh, also on our online storefront at mortongolfsales.com or at callawaygolf.com. Jason, thank you so very much for your time. It's really appreciated. Thank you for all your help and all your support.